House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. This is the House of Run podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. I need a haircut. He got a bad haircut, and I think we should open the show with that. I saw your tweet, Jason. What happened, man? What's up? Yeah, I. Yeah, you know, I don't tweet very often, but uh, <laughs> you know, you get a terrible haircut, and it's just uh, so. I know I told a bad haircut story before on the podcast, and it's weird to tell another one. Um, you might say, Jason, get someone you trust to cut your hair. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, so the the original one took place at a great clips, right? Like I was, it was a very like basic, like touch up trim. So I thought I was safe mm-hmm. because when you're going to like a great clips, it's, it's like a roll of the dice, right? Like it might go great. They might be really good or it might be someone who just got out of barber school or whatever. And they're not, they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So Fair. after that haircut, I never went back to a great clips, uh, super cuts, fantastic Sam's or whatever, ever again, nothing against those places. I'm just like, you know what? It's worth to me the extra few bucks. To like know I'm going to get a good haircut, right? Okay. So for the past few years, I've randomly found this place. Uh, it's called Gentleman Jacks. <laughs> wow, you're just really putting them out there. No, that, they've been doing great, and I'm going to go back there. They've done, a, you know, they they did, they've done me well. But it's like I went there once because I was just randomly like looking for a spot. They go, like they offer you a drink while you're there. They do like a, a shoulder massage thing. They do like it's a whole experience, right? <laughs> And it's like forty five bucks. I'm like, okay, mm. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil myself every whatever five five weeks. So it's been going great for the last couple of years. Great haircut every time. And I've been going to the same girl for a long time because it's like, hey, she knows what I want. She has not been available. I keep looking on the website. She's not there. So I'm like, well, it's fine. This place is good. They charge. Mm-hmm. You know, after tip, I'm out sixty bucks. Like, let's. They know what they're doing. So I go. And I tell her, I'm just like, hey, just real, you know, basic, just shorten up this and this, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's, it's at this barbershop, they face you away from the mirror the entire haircut. Ooh, why? I don't know. I don't know if it's like a reveal thing, or I have no <laughs> no idea what the logic is behind Drama. it. Drama. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, um, you know, extreme home makeover situation. Like, they move a bus. It's the voice. And, and it's... Turn, turn your chair around. <laughs> Yeah, I, but it's I always done that, but, you know, it's fine. But even, like, throughout, like, early, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm a little nervous, right? Like, mm. just not sure. I don't know. So it's, like, happening, and I'm like, okay, well, she's it's going to be fine. And then, like, halfway through the haircut, she's like, well, you part your hair this way, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> do it the other like, And I always do my hair exactly how I do my hair before I get a haircut. That way, when I come in, you go, oh, this is this guy's deal. I'm going to make him look like this, like that. but slightly shorter hair. Like, that's that's the idea, right? <laughs> so I'm like, no, it goes the other way. And she's like, okay. No, it's fine. And then she's just like, she's using the clippers for, like, way too long. Like, mm. I, the, I didn't get any of the extra treatment, the shampoo, the shoulder massage. I... I Opted out of that at the end because I was yeah because and it took an hour and a half. To get so did she finally get it to a good spot? No, no? 
it got oh. worse. So like just yeah. went like way too high with the sides and the back, like with the cl- short clippers, you know? Yeah. But like kept that top long, which is like, it, it's, it was as long as it's ever been mm-hmm. right now. And I was kind of liking it. So I was like, oh yeah, no, just barely trim the top, shorten up the sides, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's a disaster, man. I don't even know how to describe it to you. It so looks, how are you going to fix it? Um, so it, like I am, and like the whole time she, at a certain point near the end, she's like telling that she knows it's not looking good. First of all. Yeah. She just has to realize because no human would look good with this haircut. And also I feel like I've just like the energy has changed. Like we were chatting and then now I'm just like, this uh, is yeah. bad. This is really bad. Like I know this is not going to look good. And so she's like, and she couldn't have been nicer. Like I, you know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. But then, I like am kind of like okay, this is really bad. And I get out of it. Like I said, she's like, "Do you want the shampoo or anything?" I was like, "No, I just I just want to go." Um, so I get home. Johnny's like, "Okay, yeah, that looks real." I like I texted her beforehand. I'm like, "I just got." Just oh, got so killed. she knew. Like, yeah. yeah. And I just got killed. That's yeah, a little like, dramatic. No, no, it was <laughs> it was just like this is so bad. Um, and. So I'm just like, I don't know what to, like, I don't know how to fix it, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, when your sides get cut that short at the top, like, it's like, you just have to let it grow. Mm-hmm. Like, I could probably shorten it up, whatever. So, like, I'm, like, stressed out all yesterday. Just a bit, because I'm like, this looks, I look dumb. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't care. Like, I just look dumb. And so I, this, today, I'm just like, okay. I haven't, like, left the house yet. But I'm like, this is going to be bad. So, like... I never do it, but I reached out to the place and I was like, "Hey, I'm not getting any. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. You know, I'm sure she's great, but like, I just had the worst haircut of all time. Like, and I'm just not sure how to do what to do with this." And they like call me and they're like, "Wait, hey. is that how you phrase it to, to them too?" Like, almost, I don't know what to almost do with verbatim. This? Yeah, um, it was a longer thing, and it was just like I literally was like, "She couldn't have been nicer or and more friendly, and she was apologetic, and like, I'm sure she does a great job normally, but like, it just looks awful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an objectively mm-hmm. bad haircut." Mm-hmm. and so she calls me uh not the girl who got my hair but like oh. the, i guess the owner and she's just like she's like hey yeah you know she she's a little newer um i'm really sorry but if you can come in tomorrow you know we'll be one of our master barbers to to try to fix this for you <laughs> is that the official that title? Is yeah that is honestly like a title you can earn apparently is a master Ooh. barber like if you like have to pass certain tests and stuff like that so so i'm going to get try to get it fixed tomorrow um master tactician Master Barber. It's like Bernard Legault yes, with some, some clippers and Jenny Simpson. Right there. I'm, I'm texting you this picture right now. Yeah, I want to see this. I've tried. Was this before? This was this after? morning. After a shower. All right, I'm going to give you my honest. Oh, yeah. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, okay, I've seen people with that haircut, though. But not Is that it, high on the sides, right? What do you mean high on the sides? Like how short oh. it go? like how high up on the head the shortness of the sides go. I've seen some people. It, okay, for those of you, who, this is not a very good. No, it's right terrible. Now, it's extremely short on the sides and very long on the top. But you know, you see people sometimes bald on the sides. Yeah, but like, that's and, and I think that look can work. But I think the issue is like where you, where a normal person's part would start, right? Like where you have yeah. that that thing. It like imagine that going up another couple inches. Maybe she thought you were in a band. I. And not a podcast. Yeah, that might be it. Well, no, because a band would require people to see me. So she did give me a yeah. podcaster haircut for sure. 
Terrific. So I'm sorry to bore Excited? everyone with that, but it was it was an objective. It worked out though. Uh, was the master barber good? No, that's tomorrow. Oh, oh, you have it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so send me that. Send me that after. I'm curious what the master barber will, will come up. with. Me too. Um, I, I like I said, I feel like it, part of it's gonna have to grow out a little. I'm sure he'll be able to like make it what look if a little better. The master barber just shaves your head. I, I I literally that was the first time I told you I was like, I might shave my move. head. I was like I feel less. I feel less silly like shaving my head. The master barber looks at it. I can't do anything with this. Just, this, <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is done. This I'm is sorry. not redeemable in any way, shape, or form. I've been cutting hair for 47 years. <laughs> I've received the equivalent to six Michelin stars in <laughs> haircuts, and I've never seen anything this bad. Cut it all off. That's – if he sells me that, I'm, I'll just go, you know what? My first instinct was best instinct. Yeah, it was. Yeah. that's accurate. So, yeah, I think it's going to require – I think he'll be able to make it look better, but I still think it's going to require some, some growing out time. So – and the, 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 just a little hat on top of this story. Before I went and got my hair cut, I told Johnny, I was like, you know, I'm kind of liking it long. I think I'm going to like, not like grow it out, like make it like long, long, you know? Yeah. But like, I like, I'm like, I'm digging this kind of longer hair. So I'm going to do that. And now I'm just like square one. Just, just going to go real short. I immediately regret and retract my statement. All right, let's get into the show. Yep. That was a good intro. Nine minutes on bad haircut. Sorry, everyone. No. People want to hear about your hair. I, mine's super long. Haven't got it cut. That was the extent of my haircut story. Mondo. Yeah. World record. 622. Did you ever think Mondo would <laughs> ever get to 622? You know, I assumed he had reached the limit of what was possible <laughs> by somebody. Can't believe he got there. Six six twenty was it? Ah, uh, six twenty one. You know, like maybe you know, considering he had done it, I guess outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. but six twenty two. Yeah, no, Did, whole other stratosphere. Yeah, that just changed. It changed the game. I kid, but this was exciting to see. Oh, it was I amazing. It's, it's fun, and he was very excited afterwards. Cool moment on the mat with Lavillani. I think that was maybe. I think next time. They should, since they have them out there, they should do some wrestling moves too. Mm, but that'd be the authentic, good. The authentic hug was cool. I liked it. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And that's one of the best things about, uh, pole vault. And it seems like, you know, maybe, maybe throws is like this a little bit too, but I feel like pole vault, like they get so excited for each other. It's like a very X Games oh, yeah. type vibe where it's like somebody, you know, lands a move or does something that hasn't been done and everyone just loses their mind and like loves it. And they don't care yeah. that about competition or anything like that. Um, and obviously, Lavillenet, you know, he's—I mean, he was one of the all-time greats. But uh, Mondo is just kind of rewriting everything. So the big indoor meet, though, of the weekend was Birmingham World Indoor Tour. There were three British records. There were oh wait, a world record song. Oh, yes. My apologies. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, Mondo, 622. Sorry. We don't have time for a world record song because I told a nine-minute haircut story. So, sorry <laughs> no, to Mondo. No. We have to play the world record song because Mondo, I mean, this is, I don't know. I lost track on him. I know this is four years in a row he's broken the world record at least once. Mm. Going back to But he's definitely done it a couple years twice. Yeah. I don't know how many times we played this song for him, but one more time. Let's hear it. It's a world record 
likes of which has never been seen. It's a world record, highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved. Wouldn't believe if I told you. Go to YouTube and I'll show you. Got results to verify. Soon it will be ratified. Well, it's a world record, the likes of which has never been seen. Well, it's a world record, highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved. Well, it's a world record. Well, it's a So the rest of the meat, the rest of the, the of the Birmingham. Well, he wasn't at Birmingham. What am I saying? The rest of the action, the indoor action, primarily Birmingham. What do you think was the most important result? Because you had a near world record, several British records. You had some good head-to-head competitions: Holly versus Roberts. You know, Neil Gorley beating Josh Kerr and everybody else. Like, what to you out of all? Laura Mira went for the one K record, came up short. What to you is the most important result? Hmm. And why? It can't be Holloway. He's won 6,000 indoor hurdles in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, I mean, it's amazing. And I love that. He, and I hope he keeps up the streak for the rest of his career. So he finishes literally like 400 and 0 indoors. Like, that'll be really fun. <laughs> but like, objective, like, he, it's just like, you can't, it can't be the most impressive because he does it every week, right? Since, right, since, we've, since we've known that out. name. You're out. Uh, and also, I mean, as amazing in front of Keely just did, like, she's done this, like, three times this year. British record, though. It is. Broke her own British record it just, by a little bit. She's just continuing what she's been doing, which is fantastic, and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, all in on Keely. But, like, again, if you said important. And breaking your record by whatever it was, that, that tiny mm-hmm. amount, not, not important, because she's already established it, right? Sure, sure. So I think she's out. Um, and so then we got these two. So guy, I mean, gets... As close as you can get, yeah, it was pretty cool to, to break in, you know, an indoor Tababa record, which is which is not easily done. Um, mm-hmm. The kick, you know, she almost did it. So that was the most fun race to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and Sagai's also been kind of killing it all indoors. So maybe it's that. But Gorley over Kurt, I mean, you know, Kurt completely fell apart uh, in the last lap. He just hit the wall. That happens. I don't think that means anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Gorley thing was impressive. But I guess I'll go Sagai just because if you're getting close to to the Baba records indoors, you're doing something pretty special. And it looked like she wasn't going to get it. Yeah, it didn't look like she was going to get close. And not close like, you know, maybe a second off or whatever, but she, I mean, she got so close. Yeah, less than a tenth. Good race, too, for the lights people out there. Yeah, I'm a lights person, yeah. Who thinks that Sagai More important than shoes, guys. More no. 8.36, but the lights. She had <laughs> no idea what pace to possibly run because she never runs the pace in workouts. She was completely lost. That's hard to do. The, hey, you're mid-race. You're alone. People fall off the pace all the time. There was these little lights on the ground that she wasn't even looking at, and they magically pulled her across the track. Yeah, I thought she was trending away from the world records because the 15 and the mile, she wasn't particularly close. But this is a longer distance. Yeah. So I guess in retrospect, I shouldn't have countered it out. I'm surprised you're not giving more weight to the Gorley win. On Especially because he was 
fast in in Milrose against Nagoose. So that's like two pretty good ones. Yeah, he get, that's, gets the British record. That's a good point. It's a kind of establishing Kerr. something that like yeah. we've already like 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 I said, good against yeah Nagoose, but then you know you need the second performance. Um, so yeah, no, that is that is definitely up there. Um, that is or, a British record, yeah. Or Muir going for the uh, the beloved one K record, and then not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite not getting at 1K record is Kipkegon. Which is so. weird because the lights were on, and I thought that was going to be able to pull her. I mean, I could have to told you Mir wasn't getting it. If, if Kipkegon's not getting it, the, it's the most unbreakable record in track and field. Wasn't Kipkegon doing that outdoor Yeah, show? probably, but it's still the 1K. It's just impossible to beat. <laughs> she did say it was a tough distance to crack. Yeah, she did. So, it is because it's not a real event. That makes it way more difficult. 228.98 outdoors. And then two thirty ninety four indoors, so you know, less than two seconds. She ran. What did she run? Two thirty four, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, two thirty four fifty three. She's run two thirty one indoors, so she's just not there yet. But that's fine. That's probably yeah, better it's... for her indoor season to not be there yeah, quite. Yeah, girlie run at three. Girlie run at three thirty two. That really, that's really good. And kerr had talked about or people had talked about this was the he was trying to break his own british record and then he eventually set the table so that way Gurley could do it so yeah and it was like a group of guys who were oh yeah you know, who were there so it was like yeah i mean kerr ended up fading fade into whatever it was fifth sixth or whatever but um you know didn't really yeah. matter like i said that doesn't mean a lot but uh it was a that was a really fun race too just uh he went for it yeah he which went, is he what you should do it. it's february who cares yeah but he helped someone else break his own record one man made the race, Ooh. and another man, no, maybe not. Eric Swinski did a good job pacing, <laughs> too. So there's multiple people out there assisting in the effort. So while we're talking about this, though, European indoors this weekend, so and everybody's fired up about that, I want to throw some matchups at you. Okay. Tell me who you're most excited to see. So you have Gorley v. Ingebrigtsen in the 15. You got Ingerbritson coming back in the 3K, Mir in the 15, Keeley in the 8, Marcel Jacobs in the 60 after losing the Italian championships. Reese Prescott's in there. Mm. Femke Bowles in the quarter. Yeah. Carson War. Oh, wait, no. Oh. Okay, I know which one you're most excited about. Um, and then women's 60, Kambunji, Nada, and Swoboda. I, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. E- each event has somebody to watch out for. A superstar, if you will. What do you think? What's your favorite one there? Yeah, I, I mean, because you got, I mean, a ton of stars, and like people like, you know, Muir and Keeley are single handedly like making events good, and I'm sure they'll both run like really well, and they'll run fast because they can do that mm-hmm. by themselves, and yeah, nothing else matters. Um, same with Bowl, right? Like, I'm, bowl, I, I'm curious, like, is she going to go faster? Like, I. She just keeps. She just keeps I mean, going faster. So I'm like, I don't know what to, what to fully expect here. Um, well, how does the track in Istanbul compare to the track in, in Apple? Apple Yeah, Apple Dorn. Apple Dorn. Apple Dorn. Apple Dorn. That's going to be the question that's answered. That's that's what we've all been wondering, for sure. Um, but that 15 is really really good with uh, with Ingebrigtsen and, and Gorley. Just because we know how well Gorley's running, and you know, yeah, it's always great. So it's like that when you get the star, but you also get like the, you know, the, the secondary piece there that makes it a little more interesting. I think I'd pick that one too because there's at least a chance of an upset. 
a lot of these other ones, I could put together a like six race parlay here and hit on it. Yeah, Bolton, and you would Bolton get like not even even money probably, but okay. Well, you're not my bookies. So you don't get to tell me what <laughs> my odds are. All right, man. You stick to your football things. Women's quarter, men's quarter, women's eight, women's fifteen, men's three k. I guess five because men's sixty. I'd probably take Prescott over Jacobs right now, but I'm not. I wouldn't bet on the sixty right now. And women's sixties more open. But Jakob Vigorli, Jakob is still the favorite. He ran fast, even coming off missing time and, and being sick. But yeah, Gurley's got some momentum here. And you look at Hodgkinson, she's just like winning every race by three seconds. Yeah, she's gonna then, she's gonna dominate. And Mirror, I know she hasn't been in top form, but good enough to She's win. still so good that yeah, it's like she can be on yeah. It just like getting her season warmed up and she's still better. Um yeah, I mean, it's like, and then, yeah, it's just, I guess, you know, with the 400s, like we mentioned, Bull and, and Warholm, I mean, yeah, maybe Warholm could break 45. Like, that would, wouldn't would be crazy. I'm waiting for it to happen for a supposed just goat for open 400-meter runner. It's weird how slow his PR is. Well, Michael Norman control. going away from it now. He's he's even more the more likely to be the, the medalist than I think he is in the 400 and the 800. Did I say my Rye Benjamin take on this pod or the other one? I don't remember. Which take was it? Ryben, if Norman leaves the quarter, like actually leaves the quarter, Benjamin might want to go to the quarter. Mm. You did not say that here, but it makes some sense. It then doesn't you... work as well now if Dos Santos is actually out. Yeah. But because then you're thinking, okay, the worst he can do is silver, probably. But he could win the open quarter, I think. I guess it also depends on how good Gardner is. That's the thing. Is it a fully healthy Gardner, I still, I'm still definitely taking over Rye. Um, but nobody else besides Norman, yeah. of course, like, like that's, you know, everybody else is on that, you know, 43, nine, 44, one range. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Van Niekirk, um, Carney James, uh, whoever else, like, yeah, Zimbrano, like they, they are all like in that range. Yeah. Um, but I think, I do think, you know, I think Benjamin's a sub 44 guy. I think Warholm's a sub 44. Like, I do think that it's, they're that good. Like, I don't think that's a crazy, crazy idea. I think of those races I listed, other than the men's sixty, I think the Muir race is actually the and the is probably the most likely candidate for an upset, just because she, her seed time four oh three oh seven. Kate Stone's run four oh three nine eight. There's at least somebody there. Keeley's like three seconds clear, right? It's like she's not losing. Bull is over a second yeah, that's not close. clear. I guess. A Warholm upset, maybe, but the fact he's that already he's already run pretty, he's already run okay this year too, which makes it less likely. Yeah, and I just think someone would have established themselves. I mean, Gorley's more likely to beat Ingebrigtsen. So Warholm's at forty five oh five. Oscar Hasilius is at forty five fifty eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'd be a little surprised for sure if if um, if Warholm lost. Like I said, Gor- I think the Gorley Ingebrigtsen is definitely Gorley's closer to Ingebrigtsen than anybody is to Muir. You think though? Yeah, probably. Yeah, just just because, right. I mean, like, and maybe that's you know that wouldn't be the case. Like maybe later in the season, if we saw like for sure Ingebrigtsen was just ripping off, you know. Just, I guess because Ingebrigtsen's peak is higher than we've seen his peak go higher than her peak, right? So that's a little different. Yeah, yeah, Ingebrigtsen is, is yeah, yeah, Ingebrigtsen is like that that next level, but Muir is still a really safe bet. Like she she always runs so hard in these, and like I just don't. There's not another like you know a lister that can good turnout though. Great job, Europe. Yeah, no, 
way better than USA's. Got some, yeah, a whole continent came together and said, hey, we're going to have some competitive races. So that's coming up this weekend. And then the weekend after that, you have NCAAs. And then that's curtains on indoors. That's it. That's it. We're done. Good. It's over. Did you say good? Good. Good. It did what it's supposed to do. The indoors was really good. Like, there was a lot of great races. But, like, come on. It's all precursor to outdoors, right? Well, we already got outdoors going in a couple places. So tell me which one's more significant. Fernando Manala in Kenya running 982, or Akeem Blake and Oblique Seville both running 642 in an outdoor 60 in Jamaica. Which one of those do you like better? So Omignola did almost this exactly last year. Um, not like indoors, but he ran like 983 or 4 in Kenya. And then I don't think broke like 995 the rest of the year. Um, Didn't he run quick in austria or something like maybe now i need to look up his results but i thought he had like by far his like season best was um was in uh in kenya last year 2022 yeah he ran 985 that was in may but you know it was in nairobi so um and then he ran. Did he run nine seven at the? He ran nine seven though at the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, right? that was like the yeah Bromel race. Yep. And then he ran. I mean, his other best was nine ninety three. Outside of that was his best outside of Kenya. Yeah. So this is faster, and like you know earlier. He, yeah, and he so he might be you know he might be taking a step. Um, I mean, you're gonna have to be close to this. Um, outdoors to metal, maybe like there's just you know the four USA mm-hmm. guys are all going to be probably at the, about this level, um, and then whoever else gets in there. So yeah, he could he could put his name on there because it's US is crazy deep. Yeah, the world isn't. No, nope. so it's like you know even if you establish yourself as a high nine eight guy, you're like a lock for the final. Yeah. Um, and then you know weird stuff happens. Uh. Akeem Blake's. I mean, I think Omanyala is a, is a more is a bigger deal, even though six forty two is like eye, eye raising for sure. Yeah, and Blake's start was like ridiculous. Like it, it looked like he guessed the gun a little bit, but it was still amazing. Counts. Yeah, it counts. Yeah. Hey, sixty is sixty. I don't know what the. Do we have a wind reading on that one? Probably not. Yeah, I watched the video. I. What did you? What did it look like I in mean, the video? Uh, I would say, let's see, let's watch the jerseys. What is happening here? <laughs> that, that that always helps. Norwegian Cruise Line ad. Okay, hold on. This is. Loading. I'm looking at uh, loading. It's not on all athletics yet because they do keep the wind readings in these meets usually. I see. But, okay, the guy's paper is blowing in the wind pretty good before the start. Uh, okay, it's hard so to tell we, though. It's kind of a crosswind. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think Seville and Akeem Blake have a chance to really get into that top five, um, both of them, next year. Um, I probably, you know, Seville had the better world champs last year. Um, so it's a 60. I get it. Not that big of a deal. I guess deal, that's my I, thing is I, I'm always hesitant with 60s. I think I'd take the upside with They're both young. Those, they're, they're, yes. they're younger than Omanyala, right? So Exactly. And the fact that, there's a little bit of the, okay, hey, let's see him do it outside of Kenya, not at altitude. Um, yeah. I mean, Seville was, I just looked this up, yeah, fourth last year. Oh, wow. I completely forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, because we're all focused on the sweep. Yeah. We're all we're looking at For sweep. Sure. So that's saying he could be top five is silly. He could be, he'd be a medalist. I mean, he could, 
He could win, dude. Like so, Seville could win this thing, because um, he's still only what, t- born in two thousand one, March two thousand one. So he's turning twenty two. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good. I I, I completely it's based that he was, uh, yeah, that that it, you know he he performed that well. I mean, yeah, because like so starting May twenty first, he goes nine eighty six at the Jamaican final or no Jamaican race, then the Jamaican championships nine eight eight nine nine two nine eight eight. And then at Worlds, yeah. 993, 990, 997 for fourth, which is yeah. you know, pretty far out there. But, you know, ripping off that cons- – you're right, that consistency, though, like kind of down the stretch, um, mm-hmm. where he didn't break 10 before that race that, you know, I started with. So it's like – and he was 20, yeah. you know, so that's that's yep. not crazy. So, yeah, it wouldn't be – you're right. It wouldn't be crazy at all for him to kind of make that leap and, and be in there with those uh, those U.S. guys. I th- Yeah, I think he's the top candidate overall to break up the sweep because – Maybe Jacobs will do something at European indoors to change that, or maybe do something early season to change that. Yeah, I need to see. I but, need to see it a couple times from Jacobs before I'm I'm back in. And also, okay, I should I shouldn't leave out DeGrasse. So DeGrasse is in there too, but it's the group is really small. <laughs> I I think the group is it's Omanyala, it's DeGrasse, it's Akeem Blake, it's Oblique Seville, and it's maybe Marcel Jacobs. That's it. Like it's it's not yeah. the rest. That's the group that can break up the sweep. Am I missing somebody? I'm trying to. I'm am just like think. I'm trying to think to like if there is anybody else, but I nothing. No one else is popping in my head. I'll look at top lists last year. Let me pull up the the hundred list. Curly, Bromel, Omanyala, Bracy, Johan Blake. Okay, so if you want to throw him in there, yeah. That's well. And I just, I mean, I mean, Blake can make a final. I just don't believe he can actually do any damage now. Benjamin Azamati from Ghana. He ran nine ninety at Texas Relays. Hmm? Tobogo, I, I guess the the guy from Botswana. He was solid. All right, Reese Prescott. So I put those other guys ahead of him. Amoa from Ghana. Yeah, I don't know. I don't hate my list. No, no, I, I think that's. List. I think that's. Especially, it's like, all right, not all those guys are probably making the final, right? Like, one or two of them no, or whatever. No, 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 I'm not saying that. No, no, I know. But I'm saying, like, but uh, the upside of those guys, like, actually having a chance to yes. push. Whereas yeah. you have the other guys, maybe like a Johan Blake or something, where you're like, yeah, okay, he could make the final and finish seventh. Like, that wouldn't be crazy. Um, but I'd be legit surprised if he finished third. Jacobs has the huge upside because it wasn't too yes. long ago that he was winning Olympic gold. Yep. DeGrasse. Had he's, a hell of an anchor leg in the four, four by one, right? Yeah, you're just just, just last his, year. <laughs> you know, his history yeah. is the only thing. Yeah, really. yeah, institutional memory there for him, and he 200 meter champ not too long ago. Um, the two young guys from Jamaica that we already talked about, and then Omanyala. Yeah, because I think the upside is there too with him. If you want to throw in Tobogo, that's that's fine too. But my point is, it's not a long list. If you did top ten overall 100 meter runners in the world right now. At least half of them are U.S. and the other half are oh, probably for sure. the guys I listed, yeah. and maybe one of those other guys is is out for now. So, yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and so I think take that, Jason. <laughs> I think you're right, Tobogo. Like he has to be on there just how young he is, and that he's already run some some solid times, you know. And he celebrates forty meters before the finish line. So you don't too. really know what any fun. of his times mean. Oh yeah, Fred Curley did that. Do you see him in Australia? He ran the twenty point three, celebrated thirty meters out. I so. did. I, mean, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he's he's celebrating a twenty point three two hundred early season. Just well, he celebrated be- and then it became a twenty point three. Well, yeah, yeah, twenty point one two hundred. We don't even. Know. Uh, 
Oh, we should talk about that that Aussie meet too. I didn't put it on the rundown, but we didn't talk about it last week, right? Because it was Thursday night into Friday. Uh, yeah, I think so. So you had Oliver Hoare win the mile. Yep. And then you had Centro in that same race. Hoare ran 352. Six, a 16-year-old from Australia by the name of Cameron Myers ran 355. He broke Ingebrigtsen's mm. age group record. And then Centro in his second race in Australia ran 406. He's running again in Sydney, Jason, but yeah. not looking great. Yeah, I'm – for Centro. I don't know. I think I, I think last year I called them done, so I'm not optimistic, you, but the dude's had a great career, you know? It's fine. I don't remember that. I don't remember that you already said that. Otherwise, I, I would not have brought it back up. No, I, I think I did. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought I was kind of like, you know, people were talking about it. I said, you know, I just, I just don't see him as a realistic thing to, to even make the team anymore, you know? Long, long absence with injury. Yeah, that's the thing. Too. It's like, and, you know, it's like, okay, he's only, you know, I think he's, let's see, he's 33. Which is not that old, but like the dude was a medalist in 2011. Yeah, like I mean, that's, 12 years ago. Yeah, so it's 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 not crazy to just be like, eh, it's probably it's probably run its course. If he surprises and makes a comeback, that'd be awesome. But I'd just be surprised. You don't want to have an injury in the beginning of your career when it gets going, but also those injuries are the they're easier to recover from because yeah. you're young. Having an injury that late, you come back from it, it's an uphill battle because you're fighting just to get healthy, but you're also fighting to fend off the effects of just general old age. <laughs> so Yeah, no, age. for sure. It's it's You're a veteran at that point. So Yeah, and any we'll any time you lose is just, you know, you don't have that much time left. To... He's gonna get the benefit of the doubt though. He's gonna get the benefit of the doubt just like a lot of these guys who on the last couple of years and but you remember seeing them be great not too long ago. It was 2021 when he got out kicked by Cole Hawker, but he had a chance to win USA's, and that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, but a couple um, of years, yeah, can be. A- and that's a knee, and that's a knee surgery ago too. So that's a actually a long time ago when you think of it that way. Okay, I want to play the American record song, Jason, because Talitha Diggs of Florida. She brought the NCAA record, which was set two hours before by Rashida Adeleke of Texas. She broke that and the U.S. record at the same time, 50.15 for digs in the indoor quarter. Hey, man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record, too. It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay team composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad. Hey man, did you see that American record? It was a fast conference weekend all around. You had, as I mentioned, the record going back and forth in the quarter. But then Julian Alfred of Texas, who competes for St. Lucia, 697. In the 60, she's broken her own NCAA record 
a, a mondo amount of times. I don't even know what the amount of times is this year, but I'll just use the unit of measurement <laughs> of known as a mondo. And then she also ran a crazy fast uh, indoor 200 as well. So things are hotting up as usual on the NCAA circuit as we get closer to the end of the season. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, 697 and then 22-2, that range gives me a little bit, you know, gets me a little more excited than just, you know, 697 on its own. All right, still cool, exciting, fun. Uh, but then you, you you throw in some real 200 juice in there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you can finish and you can also yeah. start. Now, now, now I'm intrigued. It's five 100s off the world record. I know that's a lot of time in a 60, but NCAAs are in Albuquerque. Got that thin air. Yeah. Got that fast track. Got those beautiful junipers trees. I don't know. They gave me an allergy attack last time I was there. I the red chili, the green chili. I don't know. I <laughs> I think she I think she's gonna get close to it. I think she's gonna go faster than ninety seven. There's not much separation between six ninety seven and six ninety two. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like I said, it's uh, the fact that it's on the table at all is is pretty cool. Yeah, well, I thought for a while that record's going to go down. I remember many years ago, I thought Fraser Price was going to do it, but her indoor seasons were usually one meet. Yeah, that's the thing. If she ever put some real juice into indoors, I think she would have <clears throat> broken it a couple times. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to talk about before we read the emails? I don't think so. All right. Wait, did I tell you about this haircut I got? (laughs) Okay, part three. I sent another email to corporate. (laughs) And I hate, I was so, like, I felt even so bad just even sending an email. That is not me You're a big be nice to people who work in the service industry. Oh, I will eat the wrong meal ten times out of ten. If you brought whatever, if I said, hey, could I have no this or that? Like, it has to be so bad for me to even mention it. Because I think you set happens. a really good, I think you set a really good example of how to deal with something like this. You, you tried your best. It just wasn't going to work. So you contacted the business because you didn't want to stop going there. No. You contacted the business in the most respectful way possible. And it's going to be remedied by somebody known as the Master Barber, which is just a win for all of us. That's a great point. All right. Brian writes in with a correction or clarification. Subject line, why world cross-country men were lapping women? On last week's pod, you asked why they couldn't wait for all the women to finish before the men started, as seen by the men passing a woman 1,500 meters into the race. Why can't they wait until everyone finishes, Kevin asked. I love it when I'm quoted. (laughs) I I I think I agreed with your question. Well, he has the quote, too. Not a big deal to start a few minutes late, Jason responded. (laughs) There we go. Yep, that sounds like me. They had, and about this haircut, no, they had to move up the men's race 20 minutes earlier due to an impending storm. If they had waited, the race would have likely been canceled in the middle. They quickly evacuated the area shortly after the men's race finished. P.S. Put him to the sword is my favorite running-related saying. Yeah, putting the sword is really good. I did know the weather was bad. I thought I saw it in another race, though, too, earlier, but I guess maybe I was wrong. And Yeah, I don't, this is yeah, a good I, reason, though. Yeah. Like, okay, canceling, the race, <laughs> like, canceling the race mid-race would have been strange. Yes. So, I, you know what? I, yeah, I, re- it, I think it was a fair question to ask, Kevin, and I think it was a fair thing to agree to, me. Um, <laughs> but, Brian, this is the perfect answer of why this, why this was the case. 
See how we remedied that? Right? It's just similar to you in the haircut <laughs> place. You know, I just got to be honest. Sometimes, you know, it's... Uh... Snippies haircuts in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yep, love snippies. Noah in... This is Oregon Noah, yeah. I believe. Yep, Noah or in Oregon. Uh, here's a quick round of four hot take questions. Mm. I trust your insight on this stuff. So even though there's no real betting line on any of these, I appreciate your opinions. Love so it. let's do one at a time because I don't want to – well, okay. I'll just read them all real quick and then we'll go through one by one because <laughs> we could spend entire shows on each one of these questions. Ooh, I like it. Or quarter – a haircut discussion's length at least on each one of these questions. Number one. Who is more likely to have one more world-class result before officially retiring, Centro or Rupp? Two, who is more likely to make a future U.S. Olympic team, Shelby after her ban expires, or Jose when she gets back into shape? Three, who is more likely to win an Olympic gold, Femke Bowl or Keely Hodgkinson? Four, who is more likely to set a new 100-meter PR in their careers, Shakira Richardson or Marcel Jacobs? These are good. And he said, you, you can't say neither. No, absolutely these. not. I'll probably that's, say both. No, no <laughs> that's not acceptable either. So let's start with number one. Who is more likely to have one world-class result before Fisher retiring, Centro or Rupp? What do you think? Well, I just called Centro done. Um, but doesn't, you know, some people would say the same about Galen Rupp. I think Rupp is more likely. Uh, he is older, but he's in an older man's event if you will. Uh, yeah, I just, I feel like he could finish, you know, I guess it's kind of your, you know, a world class, class result. I mean, is that like top three at a major marathon? Well, this is my exact point. It's rough because he has this advantage here. I think there's more wiggle room on the road. Cause I'd even say top five. If he finished top five in Chicago yeah. in the fall, is that world class? Probably you'd say that, but then maybe the field wasn't that good. But he could he could still get a top five finish. Whereas Centrowitz, I just it's pretty brutal, especially the fifteen right now. It got a lot better recently, and it's well. And what does it mean? <laughs> oh, so he makes USA's and makes it to the final. Nah, he has to make the class? he has to make the team. Right, so that's yeah. that's tough. That's tough. Whereas. I think Rupp right now – here's the easier way to say it. Rupp right now I think is still in my top – he is. He's still in my top three U.S. marathoners. Centrowitz isn't. Yeah. Centrowitz needs to run himself in to the top three with a good performance. Rupp would need to run himself out with a bad performance. So I think as of right now, it's Rupp. Yeah, and Rupp in what? He's – I mean, it was 2021. He was that when he, let's see, he finished, or was it 2020 that he finished second? 2021. Second in what? It's Chicago Marathon. Yeah, it wasn't that long yeah, ago. Yeah, like that's, and I know, like a lot of things can change in, you know, 18 months or whatever it is, right? But <clears throat> it feels like it's been a little longer since Centro has looked like that, at least. And I agree, there's, um, there's less competition in U.S. men's marathoning compared to U.S. 1500s right now. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would actually probably bet on Rupp having one more like good race, like you know, yeah. considered elite race, where I think I'd I'd be legit surprised if it if it happens to Centro at this point. All right, we're in agreement there. Number two, who is more likely to make a future U.S. Olympic team? And the question is between Shelby Houlihan or Jordan Hesse. So that's a good one. Houlihan, I looked this up. I was gonna say when it, when is the, when is the ban up? She comes. She could come back January 2025, oh, man, which so is far. right before she turns 32. So she's got this season to sit out, then the next season, and then she'd be eligible to compete. Jordan Hesse, let's see. Is 31. Yeah, but I'm more looking at just recent. Like, when's the last time she's raced? Yeah. She was th- 2022. Yeah. She's run some halves. Okay. Well, she ran an 83 minute half and, an eight, and a 78 minute half. Yeah. Her last like real result was like third in Boston in 2019. Third in Boston in 2019. It's a long All right, time and ago. The, que- the question is to make a team. Yeah. Man. So there's more certainty around the women's marathon right now yeah it's getting tougher by the day but fifth women's 15 isn't gonna ever be easy though either no making a u.s team though maybe she could make it for a world championships where the marathon is Mm. an easier team to make it's true i almost think though it might be houlihan just because the 15 is wide open right now but again it's two years away it's it's yeah there could be a brand new jenny simpson shannon roberry (laughs) type rivalry at the top of the women's 1500 yeah so really tough yeah i'm not sure i think and we don't even know if i mean hulan says she wants to come back and compete but i don't know it's been it'll be four years out of the past two years now yeah yeah, I, my first thought was Hase, because I was like, man, like she was, you know, when she kind of popped in marathoning, you know, she ran like 220, and she was, you know, and what, finished, I'm looking now, third in Boston and Chicago the same year. Yeah, in 2017. Right. Like, she was, it was just like, oh, man, she's like the, she's going to be the best, she's the best women's marathoner, right? Like, this is, in the U.S., like, this is, this is it. And then, you know, little stuff here and there, but then, just 2019, but then, you know, she's been out almost as long as Hase, basically. Yeah. From from yeah. just a, you know, hey, relevant results standpoint. Um, and, and women's marathon has just gotten way stronger. And so she could come back into her old form and maybe not. Okay, so I'm team. reading this again. Hold on. He says U.S. Olympic team, not U.S. team. Oh. This is a... This is a question about 2028, basically. Oh my god, yeah, I wouldn't bet against. I wouldn't bet on either of them at that point. Um, I mean, yeah, even if they're running right now, I'd say, well, are we sure? Yeah, 2028. Okay, if it's 2028, I'm going with Hulhan. It's a total wild card, but I don't think Hase can like health wise can last for like five years. Well, mo- okay, if either of them make it, that would oh, be... Oh, it would be incredible, right? Yeah. 
well, it'd be odds defying to say the least. Again, even if they were still running right now, you'd say the money would just the general trend would be okay. Maybe they can, maybe they can make it. But then, given the other circumstances, I mean, Jose um, couldn't make twenty twenty four. Could she? She yeah. could. So at least, I guess she has. You know, I guess at that point you're betting. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I you're guess, betting Jose yeah, 2024 versus uh, yeah, Coolhand 2028. Sorry. So in that case, it's Jose because she has more chances. It, it well, it's just she has a like a a reasonable shot to be you know healthy in a year. Yeah. Okay. I should have done a better job reading that. My apologies. Yeah. But but if the, we just go with like just general career going forward kind of thing, that might be more interesting because just because of the nature of where the Olympics fall. Um, Houlihan has more options too because if the 15 if it's okay 15 too quick I need to move up to a different event she ran fast in the 5 and she ran you know like cross she won that US cross title that year as well too yeah she she has some ability in the other events Hase she's already at the marathon so you just have that one race basically but yes because he says U.S. Olympic team, I would say, I say is the answer. Yep. Number three, who is more likely to, to win an Olympic gold? All right, let me Olympic gold, <laughs> Olympic gold. Femke Bull or Keely Hodgkinson? Whew. This is- so here's how I break this one down. Yeah. Hodgkinson is closer to her top rival. Yes. In the event in which she's competed against her, then Femke Bowl. Yes. However, Femke Bowl has options. <laughs> is world class in two events, and her main rival may not run one of those events. Yep. So, this is why this is a good this question. This is a perfect question. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <sighs> yeah, this is, this is really, really hard because I, man. Keely, yeah, I mean Keely could win gold this year, right? I mean, like that wouldn't be surprising at this point, even though I think Mo has is incredible and hasn't lost in several years. Um, they're they're that close, and, and Keely's obviously been great. Femke Bowl has taken a leap. Um, and they both could win gold this yeah, year. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's obviously there's a lot of shakedown. It'll be just so interesting, kind of to see what happens with with Sydney. Um, yeah, she's the key part here. It's it, yeah. She is more integral to understanding and coming up with a good answer to this question than the two people involved in the question, in a way. Yeah, and I think, and I also think like you could tell me Sydney doubles in twenty twenty four, and I'm still not. I still wouldn't say, oh well, then Bull can't win gold. Like I, I think she she could reach that level where she could beat her in one of those events. You know, I don't think she's going to be, you know, dominating her or anything like that. But I think she, you know, she she's made a little bit of a leap. But we just there's a little bit of unknown with the with the open four and maybe doing both of those events is because they're so both so brutal. You know that they that that could be legit, really, really hard um, to 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 win both of those. So all that being said, I think I'm going Keeley. Oh, wait, what? How did you? <laughs> I think you did a little head fake. Yeah, there. no, but I, and like I think they're both like I, I don't think either one is is 
far-fetched at all. And like, I mean, if you, you know, give me a chance to bet on the futures of both of them happen, I might even take that. Um, but I think, I think Keeley and, and Mo are going to be close to a coin flip. For this year, you're talking for about. this year and, and next. I mean, I guess you know, I, I who knows how like it goes going forward, and, and maybe may, you know, maybe Mo just comes out firing, and like I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I said I expected them both to go 154 this year, so like I, I, I'm just, I'm you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the 50 percent shot, even though Bowl might not be that far behind the 50 percent shot. I want to disagree with you on one of these, but I also am leaning. Hutchinson, if Sydney runs the four hurdles this year and then Bull says, well, I'm going to do both or I'm going to run just the open quarter. Yeah. But, but we don't know that too. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, me saying it all comes down to Sydney is is a bit of an oversimplification because maybe Femke Bull is just going to stick with the four hurdles outdoors because that's what she's done and she'll do it. So – she really will only have one shot, and that shot will – if Sydney stays in it this year, she's got to go heads up against Sydney, in which case Sydney is still the big favorite. But even even if she does move events, bowl versus the field right now in the 400, outdoors, I would still take what I know now, Hodgkinson over Mo is a better bet in the eight for gold. You might disagree with yeah, me. Yeah, I would that. disagree with you on that. I mean, I, I don't think it's drastic, but if you said if if you told me right now you can have Keeley versus Mo in the eight, or um, Bowl against the whole field. against the four hundred field besides Sydney, I'll take. I, I think Bowl is a better than fifty percent. I, I, I think just, I would make her a small favorite over the field. Again, we just. I mean, this could be Apple Dorn bias. I don't know, but it's like we haven't. I want to see it outdoors. I do, but she's been ripping forty nines, and then she ripped you know forty nine two or whatever, and now yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I think the answer is, I think the answer, for that reason, it's Hodgkinson, I think. So the, the, the scenario where it becomes Bowl as the favorite, now all this is, this could totally go by the wayside if a thing Mo opens up or what early season runs 156 or 155 and looks great, then everything's going to change, but... Right now, and even then, I think Keeley's going to do the same. <laughs> that's that's the thing is like I think Mo's right. going to have to She's go. She's not going away. She's not going away. Yeah, I think Mo's going to have to like go up a level, even even up a little mini level from two years ago. The one thing, the one scenario where this slides completely in the direction is if Sydney announces I'm going to run the Open Four this year. Then it's wide open spaces for February. Oh, then she's a lock. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It, it changes immediately. Which is on, you know, is on the table. So, 100% yeah. on the table. That, that's If this question is asked again in a couple months, you could get a completely different answer. And then right before USA's or right after USA's when some of this stuff is settled, completely different answer. And then on the eve of the World Championships, if there's still some undis- you know, um, indecision about – Who's gonna do what event? I think you'd you you wouldn't know until um, it gets down to it. But I think at some point there's gonna be a very obvious answer to this question, just based on who runs what event. So, fourth question: Who is more likely to set a new hundred meter PR in their career? So Richardson versus Marcel Jacobs. So Marcel Jacobs has run nine point eight zero seconds. Yep, I'm sure you're familiar with that race. I recall. It was in the 
Olympic Games. Um, let me just give you let me give you a little bit more on his times though. Uh, so he's born in ninety four. Okay. So that means he's was almost thirty. Uh, he is right? twenty eight. Okay. Twenty nine in September. Oh, because the birthday's in September, not yet. All right, his second best time. Nine eighty four in the semis. I was gonna say semis, right? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. And then you got some mid nine nines there. He ran that six forty one in the in the sixty to beat Christian Coleman at the World Indoor Championships. Yeah, that's where I was all in. I thought, yeah, hey, this guy is the new king. And, and he's running nothing has Europeans. happened since then. Yeah. Shakari Richardson has run ten point seven two. Ooh, I thought it was ten point seven two is her PR. Now Here's where I think this question gets interesting. She actually, like, win converted times, if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. She's run some really quick ones. So you go back to 2020. Or sorry, um, not 2020. Uh, 2021, right? That was when she ran a – oh, they had took the damn times off because she got DQ'd. That's stupid. Uh. It was 10-6 something, right? And the, into, with, with the plus – 2.6 in the semis? I think so. And then the final was into a 1.0. In any event, I mean, she's run 10.72, 10.74, 10.6. She's run a lot of times around that mark. Yeah. So it's a big contrast to Jacobs. And then in 2022, she ran 10.73. It was with a plus 4.3. I'm going to see if can – I, can I find – hold on. Talk for a second. I'm going to see if I can find this. this is, I hate it when they do this. I wish they would just put a line through it or something like that. Don't have no results. Right. Yeah, it's – I mean, obviously what makes this – in general, you'd go, hey, there's the 22-year-old and the 28-year-old. And as you mentioned, you know, Richardson's run 10-7 multiple times. And so it yeah. seems on the surface to be very easy. Shakari is an interesting person. She is, you know, I don't know. She's out there, right? We, but, well, we don't know if she's going to run. Like you know, you literally don't know anything about her. Like yeah, Yeah, that's the thing. It's like she is a complete enigma, Um, and that's fine. But like, I don't know. It just betting betting on her and the the talent is clear. Like I said, she's run ten seven multiple times by the time she was like twenty one. Yeah. Um, but like, man, I don't feel good about betting on her at all. Um, Jacobs, obviously. I mean, he's it's his yeah. Flash in the pan is accurate. Right, I mean, he has literally had, I don't know. Well, that out that indoor sixty season though was pretty solid. No, it was really Coleman. good. But like, so overall though, he's had eight months, nine months of like great running in his career. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. Like he just he got injured last year, right? Like series of unfortunate events. That certainly doesn't mean he's done. He could be really good this year and that wouldn't be wouldn't be crazy at all um so again this is a a very good call i feel like i know which way you're leaning but uh go ahead well i found the times she was 1064 in the semis plus 2.6 but 1064 and then the final was 1086 into a minus 1.0 my point is is she's got a lot of times around that same range so I think if she raced consistently and competed regularly, ten seven two, you could you could see her getting that back. So it's just a question of whether or not she's going to do it. 
Do I see a world where Marcel Jacobs runs 9-7-9? It's not the craziest proposition, but it feels pretty far away. I'm going to go with Richardson. Yeah, I thought so, and I think that's probably the safe bet. Oh, we're doing this again? But. We agreed on all four? But. But. I'm going with Jacobs. I think he's going to have – I think there's so many guys now who can run high nine sevens. And I just, you know, well, I also was the guy who bet on five nine sevens happening this year. So maybe I'm, I'm back, uh, you know, backpacking on that a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to, I think he'll, he'll do that at least, at least once. And maybe Shakari will too. Like, I don't think it's a crazy thought at all, but like, man, I just don't know how you feel good about any expecting anything from her. Jacobs needs to re like he needs to top the race of his life. Yeah. Now maybe maybe he could get great conditions and some or run an altitude or something like that. But if not that, he needs to basically recapture the race of his life. Whereas she doesn't. She doesn't. The ten seven two comes from an April tenth race in Miramar. Right? Like fast track, good conditions, all that other stuff. But she has run a lot of times around that performance. It's just a matter of, is she going to be out there and ready to roll? So all these are good questions though. They are. All these are as close to 50, 50 as you can come up with. I think. Yeah, no, they were excellent. Uh, final little thing on my pick. Shakari's ten seventy two plus one point six. 1.6. Yeah. Yeah. Jacobs yeah. plus point one. Point zero, uh, point one, Yeah. So. Right. But. Okay possible <laughs> shakari will pull right. off some some andre de grasse you know she'll 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 pull off all sorts of crazy times but then when it comes time to to really do it i don't know we'll see we will we'll see uh he says thanks always for a great podcast my mileage is back up these days and an hour with kevin and jason is always my most entertaining run each week p.s i saw a pre-release pair of the new vaporfly next percent threes yesterday see we're not we're not sure noah he said he didn't work for nike but i don't know it's inconclusive uh he says they look amazing if i worked at nike see again he's still trying to throw us off the scent here i would have sent you guys a pair by now it's weird i received a pair of them in the mail unmarked um i don't know they're amazing have you at least tried running in the Saucony Endorphin Speeds or Pros? Those are great trainers as well. No, I've, I'm running in the same shoes I've always run. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the finances to buy the super shoes. Speaking of running, can you share your current running status and plans for the future? Have you thought about something like breaking 40 at age 40? A 10K in sub 40 would be a good goal if you have been out of the sport for a while. Just my two cents. All right. I don't mind talking about this. Yeah. You don't have any on this right because you retired and yeah my my body made that decision for me okay i'm on the upswing so all right achilles achilles update i'm running more i'm running quicker air quotes it's not that fast and now i realize i do need a goal now i know i've said this probably 52 times in the history of the show but i am serious that that's me that's what i've always said like i cannot i mean not that i'm running at all but like if i where to run? Like I need something to be shooting for. Yeah, and I don't know what it is, and and I need to humble myself a little bit because at first I saw that all oh, breaking forty for the ten k at age forty, but then I actually thought in my head and did the math. I said, "Pretty good, dude. You'd have to work." Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's that's no guarantee. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm open if people want to 
suggest things, I would greatly appreciate it. I have no distance in mind, short, long, whatever. Right now, my only concrete goals as it relates to fitness are trying to bench 200 pounds. That's it. That's that's. I want one for running. Where's the progress Maybe on that? What's my progress? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. We never really max. So I mean, I'm still lifting. No, twice hey, a week. as long as you're still so, going, that's yeah. Yeah, I don't. If I did it right now, I'm still off. But I'm shooting for the end of the year, so nice. not really worried. Haven't started any speed work yet either with my weightlifting. So you know that's going to come around when when the time comes. Um. So, I don't know what distance to pursue. Again, I don't know what realistic times are, but. If anybody wants to suggest something, I'm all ears. I'd love, I'd love a goal. Yeah. Just to, I was thinking before we started, just maybe turkey trot season mm. is what I should be circling on the calendar. But that's a long way out. Probably need something. Yeah, you need a goal bet- short term. between now and then. But yeah, that can be yeah. a long term one. But it will be humbling, whatever it is, because it. Whenever I do, if I get to race again, it's just going to be. Totally different experience than what I was used to pre me not running competitively for a while. So that's okay though. I want a goal just so I can get myself to do harder workouts. Otherwise, I'm just gonna go out there and run eight nine minute miles for eternity. And I want to get after it a bit. Now, a part of me in the back of the head says, "Well, don't do this, Kevin, because the moment you start to do some speed stuff, then the Achilles is gonna go to crap." Yeah. But guys, I think I cracked the Achilles code. I think I What was the secret? It was stop wearing those pair of shoes, the the mm. walk around shoes. It wasn't even the running shoes. It was the shoes I was the casual shoes had this piece in the heel that I think was rubbing and irritating my Achilles. And then I would just put my running shoes on later in the day and then go run and think it was the running when really it was the wandering around the house or taking my kid to the park. Because, listen, here's what I did on this weekend. I ran both Saturday and Sunday. Actually, wait, did I run? I don't know. I ran at least one of the days. And then on the other day, I played soccer on a very small field with my son and a couple of his friends and a couple dads where I was running back and forth at a decent clip, sprinting after the ball for 25 to 35 minutes. And I woke up the next day. My Achilles felt fine. Wow. So that doesn't make sense, right? If it was going to hurt. Now, I know that was shorter bursts, but I feel as if it was going to hurt, that's when it would have reared its head. Yeah. And I do that stuff not to that extent, but playing with the kids and coaching and all that other stuff, I do some of that stuff. I never had any issues. And then I realized, oh, it might be the shoes. Not the super shoes, but just not wearing shoes that rub against your heel. Shoes are overrated, Kevin. Come on, stop. Yeah. All right. Other Noah writes in. Yeah. Uh, from New York, formerly of Boston. I'll gloat about Femke Bowl a week later. Okay, that felt good. Kip Limo, double gold prediction. Also off to a strong start. All right. On to an idea for Earth Sports to truly elevate their secondary championships. By those, I mean World Cross, World Indoors, and their new road championships, formerly just World Half Championships. Here's the idea as it works in a typical four-year cycle with three outdoor world champs and one Olympics. Let's start with an off year. It's a great place to start. Yeah. It's where all weird ideas should begin. That's where this podcast began. Year one, world indoors and world road champs with no outdoor world champs. 
This is a perfect time to throw in the gimmicky World Road Champs on the schedule as well as World Indoors to give us a track fix along with the Diamond League. Give me a Road 800 with a halfway bonus, Road Mile, Road 5K, Road 10K, and the half, of course. Ideally, this is somewhere with a spectator-friendly course. Who am I kidding? Let's not overthink this. It will be Valencia for World Records galore. Yep. Do not have this on some dumb oversized track or on a concert hall. Let's have these events be the Diamond League final for the respective track events. Since it's on the road, we can do oversized fields. Year two, World Cross and World Champs. Here's where I'm going to start get to get a little controversial. To make World Cross the huge deal it should be and stop Americans and Europeans from dodging, events longer than 600 run before World Cross, indoors or outdoors, no longer count for world rankings or qualification purposes. You heard it right. No BU time trials unless you just want to set a PB that won't have any practical effect. To add some juice to World Cross, let's add some races. How about a 2K race for the mile 3K types? And let's drop down the long race to the 8K to open that up to more 5K runners. I like the relay, so I'm trying to reconcile the best way for that. And I think a mixed 4x1K is the move and we'll have some great matchups. Okay, do we wear this Rex indoors? I would just point to the meets in Berlin, which didn't even have an oval, and France, where Jakob set the pole vault. It means Mondo. Set the pole vault world record and as signs that indoor meets can be electric and packed even with just fields and sprints. Additionally, if athletes want to do an event like Wanamaker Mile, they still can. It will just be more of a promotional event and be as preparation for their uh, prep for World Cross. Similarly, let's incentivize top finishes at World Cross, top 10, top three relay with the standard into the Olympics. Mm. Okay, so basically... What's the controversial part? Uh, I guess no events longer than 600 okay. run before World Cross don't count for world ranking or qualification purposes. I mean, okay, yeah, but yeah, it's not a, still yeah, it's not a drastic, yeah. All right, year th- uh, year three mimics year one. Except let's attach Olympic standard to finishing on the podium at World Indoors to encourage participation, as I'm sure plenty of athletes will look to skip. Year four, same as year two. Year five, same as year one. The system results in a World Roads every four years. Wait, how would that be every four years? Uh, yeah, because it's year one, so it's just year oh, one. Oh, okay. Five. Gotcha. But I, no, but I thought year three mimicked year one. Okay, anyway, um, system results, uh, World Cross every two, World Indoors every two. I guess the half marathon types might complain a bit, but let's be honest, just do your work in cross country or the full marathon. Let me know your guys' thoughts. That is Noah. Well thought out, as we have come to expect from Noah. Yeah. From New York. Um, so... I guess I need to see these world road champs first. Right. If it's just the 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 mistake we make or the assumption that we make is that people don't show up to that stuff or people don't show up to World Cross, but we just saw that they did. And Cam War going to World Half, and I remember the the women's World Half last champs was really good too. It what we're really talking about is a US issue. Or a Great Britain issue, <laughs> or a lot of other countries, but not Kenya and Ethiopia and Uganda. Like they typically show up, and it's 
I know they could win with their B team, like we talked about last week, or C team, but they're not Kipolimo and and Cheptegei aren't the B or C team. No, you know Je- Jeffrey Cam Moore not the B or C team. Borrega not the B or C team. They're bringing A listers to these events, right? Beatrice Chabet, Latensa Day. I could go on and on and on and on and on. So. If you just looked at those countries, you'd say it's working as is. So what would we need? What do we need to do to make it? Or why do we need to change it to make it better? I think going back to cross short and long course, would that bring more people out? Would that cause more people to talk about how great Kennedy Sibikele was? Probably. <laughs> what about cross at the end of the year in cross, normal cross country season? Mm. Would that be better or worse? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's interesting. Um, I think it's it might be better because then at least you got people in their pro. Well, you know, in, in their peaks, basically, barely after. But <clears throat> there's no worry of the you know tying yourself out. Like you you you've passed the point of the of of the season. The only the only thing you have left really is fall marathons to compete with so maybe you know you might maybe you're, you're losing some of those guys but outside of that uh you're in pretty good shape indoors ward indoors do you like the every two years do you want less do you want more every two feels pretty good i think uh yeah i don't yeah we don't need it every year i think every other year is perfect actually yeah i I think you got to decide what is the what is the sport, right? What's the what's the pinnacle? Okay, or where are we going to focus? Because I think it's tough too. Because this is a lot of distance oriented stuff. Road is distance oriented. I know he's saying drop it down to eight hundred cross. I know he's trying to, but none of this involves shot putters, except world indoors. None of this involves four hundred meter runners, right? Like the. It's always going to be about outdoor track. The program is built around outdoor track. So it's going to be, and the money is going to be the most during outdoor track. So, and then when you go to the longer stuff, a lot of it's going to be built around the major marathons too. It's complicated, man. Yeah, I don't know. The, is, there's, there's just, there is no, there's no perfect system because it's like, yeah, like I, I want all these things to be like the best versions of themselves, of course, like mm-hmm. because all of that would be interesting, right? Like you load up world indoors with everybody and I'm like, yeah, 100% I'm in. You load up like great road races with everybody. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. The same people are running all these. So it's like it's – I mean I like he's you know kind of spreading them out like, hey, you know, give this priority this year and then the next year is a different you know thing. Like I think that's – that makes sense and that's a good way to mm-hmm. do it. Um, but it's like, even then, you know, you're still competing with just like regular indoor slash outdoor meets that are sponsors. And like, yeah. and it's just, it's yeah. so hard. Like, I guess that's, that's part of the reason why it's just not an easy thing. Like, I think Noah's outlines makes a lot of sense and it's like a good solution. It's just, there's just not a lot you can do because it's, it's too much. Yeah. We'll look at how good European indoors is going to be with those, with the stars showing up. I I shouldn't get ahead of myself. I don't know if it's going to be great, but you have a lot of events where you have everybody you'd want, or at least a headline or in all of them. 
But then you also look at, all right, we were talking about sprinters early on in the show. Some of them have already decided to start, start have already decided to start outdoors. Now, they're not in Europe, but they weren't like Omanyala was on the indoor running a couple indoor meets, but he wasn't in Birmingham, right? The the Jamaican duo that we're talking about or trio, like they weren't in Birmingham. They're running sixty outdoors. Like I just think you're really paddling upstream trying to create anything that's not just a stepping stone to outdoor championships or you know world championships outdoors or Olympics because so many people are going to miss it. And I think that's why I was just pleasantly surprised with World Cross. Okay, cool. Got this person, got that person. That's going to be a legit race. Like that's that's great. The other solution is just money. And yeah, just, I mean, <laughs> if if they had a bunch of money, or if this was all centrally located, you'd say, or centrally controlled, you'd say, "Hey, are we going to spend this amount of money on a regular season track meet, or should we dump that into the World Indoor Championships?" Well, let's just dump more into the World Indoor Championships, so that way we can offer more prize money and more people will show up. Like that's the actual way to get more people there but the problem is it's not centrally controlled different meets are run by different people different governing bodies again you introduce the road races to it it's a whole new set of different people who aren't coordinating with each other and then off you go and you've worked yourself into this big mess so i so my, my problem with world indoors a lot was hey this isn't the actual best person in the world in this event and everybody knows it so why are we playing this game? But I think with World Cross this year, like Jacob Kiblimo deserve. Yeah, he did it. Oh man. yeah, <laughs> he went out there and did it. Uh, Chibet on the women's side, obviously, Gaudet was the favorite and was going to win for almost nine, you know ninety nine point nine percent of that race. But something happened. But that's just you chalk that up to just the sport. But you at least have these winners that you think accurately reflect the best person or one of the best people in the event at the time. And I think if you use that standard, it's pretty good versus you go to us in the U S indoor championships. How much of that resembles the best in the event competing? And I'm not talking about just a winner, right? No, I'm talking yeah, it's, it was yeah, two it, or it three. Was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this isn't to say, Oh, well, what about when there's upsets? Of course, I'm not talking about upsets. I'm just saying who's entered in the meet. Right? Does it give a good sample of the best people in the world? Not all. It's not going to get all of them, but does it get a good sample? And right now it does. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of other countries and people from other countries don't take it seriously. But the way it shakes out now, World Cross, the way it shook out, you had good, you had good fields. And I'm comfortable saying, if someone came up to me on the street tomorrow and had a really awkward question for me and said, "Who's the best cross country runner in the world?" I would take my glasses off. David Caruso, is that his name? The CSI guy. And I would say Jacob Kipolimo and Beatrice Chabet. <laughs> yeah. And that would be it. Like I would just – Yeah. Like they're the – and when Cam War kept winning the half marathon championships, it was easy to say, yeah, he's the best half marathoner because the fields were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's – that's. I mean, like we're missing out. You know, I guess the, the, the only complaint is like, oh, man, like think how great it could be when you get everybody together. And like that's – I mean, yeah. that was my, my 200 argument like, like for the longest time, too, where it was like, hey, 
just imagine if we had these guys from the 100 and the 400 and like all this like that was my my you know my, my dream 200s that never happened so and those yeah. and that would be at championship you know olympic finals right like mm-hmm. still dudes would be like nah you know what nah and then all of a sudden you know christoph lamont was winning bronze or whatever and it was just like oh, yeah okay yeah. well i guess that happened um <laughs> so it, it happens even in the biggest events just because people have There's to so pick, much. which is you know yeah. but i yeah and i agree it's like you know it, deservedly so these people who show up and and they're and they are would have been one of the favorites right it's just like mm-hmm. i guess we just miss out on that little bit of oh man it would have been really cool if we could have gotten everybody in on that um yeah but you know yeah, i guess it's the way well, it is and and from from an american perspective it's always well how would the us have stacked up against this but there's no reason why they can't send a good team. There's no reason why those athletes can't run the qualifying race and then go compete. It's just the the incentives are screwed up. And maybe in Noah's plan, there's enough there to make it so that more people show up. But you're right. Even in bigger moments, you don't get the best fields. You don't get the complete field, I should say. Yeah, yeah, you know, outside of very, you know, few things, but it's even then you'd always be like, oh, well, what if that person did it? And it's like, right, yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's it's a bummer until we get cloning technology like really, really good. I think we're going to miss out on, on a lot of these. Would you go to a world road running championships in the metaverse is my question. Mm, of course, yeah, sign okay. me up. As long as there was some weird concert going where I could be like a bear <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> Gotta be a bear. All right, that's it. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We will be back next week. Talk about those Euro indoor results and whatever else comes our way. Talk to you guys next time. Jessica Ennis. I'm going to go see the Master Barber.